Hello and welcome into another edition of the Stew with JT Brew. It is an around the ice segment time with JT and Toast. Toast, good to see you. We're off a little while for the uh, the holidays for Thanksgiving, but we're back. We're on a new YouTube channel. We got a new uh, new little partnership we're doing here with Fantasy Sports Heroics. So pumped to be with these guys. We're going to be on their YouTube channel from now on. You can still. Find all our podcasts, everything uh, on Spotify. Just search up The Stew with JT Brew, and you can find all our football content, our hockey content. If you're looking for the hockey show specifically, look for Around the Ice. Uh, that's our specific hockey podcast. But I'm pumped to be here, man. How about you? Uh, JT, I'm real pumped to be here. Uh, it is a lot better um, since the holidays are over and since Thanksgiving's over. Um, getting back to the podcast. I did not like missing a week. Um, I almost feel like we've done something wrong. So, uh, um, we're way behind, right? I feel yeah, like, like there's too much to talk about. I, I mean, we could, we could have <laughs> stuffed all this into one show. We're not going to be able to get to all of it. So, uh, I'd prefer these holidays just don't come here where we can just go ahead and stick to our regular segment every Wednesday. Uh, just for anybody who hasn't checked out our show before, we do a couple different segments. We kind of do a mix it up throughout the season. We do what we call the five on three, two man advantage, where we do a little breakdown of teams, fantasy, real life, hockey, gambling. We do some of that. Uh, we'll mix it up with some different segments, uh, where we're talking about just teams specifically, certain things with those. And, uh, you know, and sometimes we'll throw a little gambling spin on there for people that like to, to wager a little on the NHL. Um, tonight we're going to do a few different things. We got some pretty hot topics, uh, just hot off the presses. Let's jump into our first segment, our number one topic of the night, Patrick Kane, one of your favorites. Longtime Blackhawk legend has signed, and he has signed with my boys, the Detroit Red Wings. I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago, where I said, "Wouldn't it be funny if he ends up on the Red Wings?" Because like the Wings and the Blackhawks have this back and forth where stars play for the teams forever, and they end up on the other team for just a couple years of their career, and now we have it happening. JT, uh, this is going to hit home for me. Uh, mainly, I'll tell you, um, um, him going to the wings, I love it. A lot of people would be like, man, you're a diehard Hawks fan, Toast. Uh, why would you think that? Um, I don't really hate the wings like I hate the blues. Okay, so if he were to went to the blues, it would have been like the sky's falling, you know. But uh, the wings are now in a different conference. So from a fan's perspective, this will be a lot of fun. Um, I have tickets to the... February 25th game um, of the uh, the Hawks versus uh, the Wings at the United Center. Uh, this that's uh, the reason I got those tickets because uh, Chris Chelios is getting his jersey retired at night. Nice. But now that'll also be Kane's very first visit to United Center as a visitor. So I'm like getting both. Uh, oh man, like, that's gonna man. be like, how that my crowd is gonna be nuts. It's gonna be insane. I'm thinking. I'm definitely keeping my ticket, but I'm like, man, I bet my ticket value is through the roof right now. <laughs> it's probably uh, gone up a lot since you bought them. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not giving that one up. That, that's the only game I have on the slate this year to go to the United Center. Uh, we're trying to actually put something together. Um, heck, you maybe and a couple other of our buddies uh, and my brother were, we were uh, maybe talking about going to Columbus this year for a Hawks game, or uh, even uh, going to St. Louis. Um, that's about as close as we can. So uh, we want to be able to follow our fantasy guys and actually see them in person, you know, maybe put, make a little bit of a wager as well. Yeah. So the, the, the big talk uh, about this signing was kind of like, 
where was Patrick King going to go? Was it a money thing? Was it a championship thing? You know, let's kind of talk about why the wings, why the red wings for Patrick King. Um, I think first uh, JT is uh, there were some uh, uh, news um, in the press that uh, Kane was very impressed with the head coaches X's and O's um, and uh, really, really liked the style of hockey, how he actually managed the lines as well. And let's, let's face it. Uh, Alex DeBrinket's there. Um, Kane actually had the most success other than actually playing with Taves for all of his career. He actually had the most success with Alex DeBrinket. Um, I mean, so really that had to play a huge factor as well. Um, and, and furthermore, uh, Kane's got a young child, uh, a girlfriend or fiance. I know he's not married, but they've been partners for a long time. Um, and I want to say they still maintain residency in Chicago. Detroit's close enough. He doesn't have to uproot his entire family. Even if he would actually went back home with the Buffalo, that's still going to be a little bit hard on his family. So I think location, I think familiarity with some players and actually think this X's and O's that the Detroit Red Wings actually run. And let's face it, they got Stevie Y actually as a GM, right? I'm sure that's uh, pretty hard to say no to as well. I'm sure he can actually uh, close a few deals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the Debrinket is a huge factor in that. I mean, I love that signing by the Red Wings in the offseason. I was pumped they got him. Uh, I think that is just a, the you know just a shot the Red Wings need is adding him. Um, another big thing was you know Kaner is about well, he's getting mid thirties now. Guys, guys, he's not a young pup, but we know hockey players, high end hockey players, can still be real productive in their thirties. He's still got something left, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, so if you heard any hesitation in my voice, it's because of one reason. Um, and that's because of the hip surgery. So the type of hip surgery he had, only a few players have actually had before. Um, Nicholas Lindstrom actually had it. He only had played 44 more games in his career. Um, Carl Haglin had it. And he never played in the league game. But then again, he's Carl Haglin. Like, who really cared? You know what I mean? Um, but what I will say is Kane may be built a little different. He may be the best American born player to ever put the Jersey on that release him up. Uh, and he is really a gym rat. He's a rink rat. It's, I don't know what they actually call it in hockey, but nevertheless, I mean, he came back from this super quick. Nobody works as hard as this guy. Um, you know, I see uh, YouTube videos all the time of like Connor Bedard actually staying late in practice and actually shooting one timers and working on faceoffs and this and that. That's how Kane was and is, but times 10. I mean, you cannot get him off the mm -hmm. rink. Any optional practice or skate, he's there. Um, so can he still be productive if health ends up not being a question? And that's a big if. Absolutely. He's got the best hands in the game. Uh, what he can actually do with a stick is amazing. Uh, the sauce passes are pretty un unbelievable. So, and again, familiarity with actually that line. So he'll play on the, he'll play on the right wing, the brink be on the left wing and Larkin be in the middle. Anybody that thinks that he's not going to just slot into the top power play and actually the top line. I've heard a lot of talk about that on online. Be like, well, do you think you'll play a third line and actually play a leadership role? And if health is not an issue, there is zero chance of that. He'll be playing on the top line. There's no doubt about that. Um, I mean, not to put him with the brink, it would just be, well, why did you sign him? And let's talk about yeah. his signing real quick, JT. Did you see his contract? I did not. I was just going to ask you what was the next move on the contract. Because but before we get to the contract, I saw a quote from somebody um, asking him, you know, like, why come back? You know, you've won 
championships. You've had a great career. You had to have surgery. Why come back? And his answer was, I love hockey. I love hockey. That's all he said. I love hockey. I want to play. That is the guy you want. That's a guy coming off an injury, a guy that is, is not, you know, trying to go, you know, just do something crazy, get a, you know, chase a championship. He's got a championship. Does he want to win one? Absolutely. He wants to win a number one. But the fact that this guy just loves hockey and he wants to be out there because that's how much he loves the game. To me, I mean, how do you not love that response? It's what makes him great. That's what, again, what makes him arguably the best American born player to ever um, is because he loves it more than anybody else. Now, I'm not going to sit here and talk about my own athletic days, JT, but a lot of people, I pole vaulted back in high school, had a lot of success, and a lot of people end up asking me, like, why, you know, why were you so good at this? And my response was always, this, I loved it more than everyone else. I, you couldn't get mm-hmm. me away from it. You know, I was addicted to it. I think Kane's an addict when it comes to hockey. He really, really is. Uh, and and, and talking, let's talk about the contract, though, and I'm glad you yeah, actually brought that up. It. But let's talk about that contract. $2.75 million for one year. I mean, think about that. Prorated. So they'll have a $2.75 million cap hit. But they still have nearly $3 million in cap space. Kane left a bunch of money on the table for them to still add more pieces. The guy wants to win. Uh, he he wants to win, but don't don't mistake. He wants to win bad, but he also, his legacy means a lot to him. His personal statistics mean a lot to him. He figures if I score and score as much as the team's going to win, he wants both. Um, he is legacy is very much important to the guy. Um, but man, that for him to actually leave a lot of money on the table, there's no trade clause, which again, wh- why would you trade him? You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's a one year deal. And I guarantee if it ends up working out, he's close enough to home. They'll sign him to a couple year deal after this. It works out. Th- that's what I was thinking. I thought the one year deal was a great idea, a great move, not only by him, but by the team and Stevie Y. They get to see kind of how he fits in. They get to see, hey, coming off the hip surgery, how is he going to perform? You know, if for some reason, and I don't think this is going to be the case at all, for some reason, everything goes, you know, falls apart and it doesn't work out and he doesn't fit with the team and he just doesn't have it, then, you know, that's nothing lost there with taking the shot. But if he plays well and the team does well, which, you know, we've, we talked about in earlier episodes, how the, the, uh, the Red Wings are, are quite a bit ahead where we thought they would be at this point in the rebuild uh, this season. If he helped accelerate that even more then man, you go in and say, Hey, I'll take another year too on the contract, you know, you just, you sign them right back up if, if things work out really well. So I, I like how this, this works out uh, for Kane and also for the Red Wings. Red Wings are a sneaky deep team. Uh, even give tonight, for example, right now, they go into New York tonight, the Rangers, Rangers, are the best team in hockey right now. And the wings minus Larkin because Larkin's banged up. He's not going to play tonight. He's not going to play tomorrow night. They're up two one at after two. That's just, Hey, they're figuring it out. They're getting there. You know what I mean? And and and, uh, and I believe uh, so far tonight, I'm actually just looking at it right now. You got a goal from Cider. Got a goal from Fabry. Uh, Jonathan Bergeron actually uh, chipped in on assists. Got Cop has a couple assists as well. You don't even actually have the big names actually chipping in. This team's actually pretty good in their top nine. Not bad at all. And the goaltending for the Wings, surprisingly very good. 
surprisingly very good. I was worried about it. That was one of the things coming in the year. I was like, man, I think this team can actually score some goals, but are they going to be able to stop anybody? But it's actually been better than I thought it would be so far this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they're a playoff team. I think we said it three or four weeks ago, maybe about after week three, when they got to the really, really hot start, we said this playoff team is no different. They're definitely a playoff team. Now we're going to move on to segment number two. We just talked about the good. Now let's get to the bad going on in the NHL. The Corey Perry situation for the Blackhawks has taken a really bad turn here of late misconduct. The Blackhawks actually, after kind of suspending him, pulling away from the team, have now terminated his contract, have kicked him off the team. What is going on in Chicago? I don't think anybody knows what's going on with Corey Perry. And here's the deal. From a fantasy perspective, nobody really cares about this, right? From a gambling mm-hmm. perspective, nobody cares. But this is a good hockey story. And it does actually have a trickle-down effect in Chicago. I know. So uh, uh, somehow, uh, Corey Perry... Um, he violated team's code of conduct, um, and it was egregious enough where the Hawks decided, you know what, we're going to not play you. They did their own internal investigation. It took five or six days, and after the investigation was done, they dismissed him from the team. They waived him, and then if he weren't picked up, they, they terminated the contract. That's exactly what happened. Um, we won't know what it is because, honestly, um, it's an HR issue. Uh, This thing has been tight-lipped. I mean, there is wild, wild speculation going around on the internet, and that's always going to happen whenever there's no clear-cut answer of what happened. People are just going to start making stuff up, and they have made up the most wild of the wild stories on why this has happened. Uh, And that's the biggest problem. I, I know the, you know, Blackhawks, you know, sometimes you don't want to talk about everything and, and everybody feels like they should know everything and they just have a right to know everything. But man, when you don't have an answer, you don't give people an answer. It just opens it up for everyone to just run wild with these stories. And they have been online. If this happened with any other team, it may have got less publicity and rightfully so. But it's the Blackhawks actually coming off the 2010 Kyle Beach th- scandal. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so, I mean, this is the last thing the Blackhawks wanted. So uh, Kyle Davidson, the Blackhawks G- GM, he came out in the press conference and announced this, and he was visibly shaken. Uh, you know, um, and I think that, quite frankly, if it's my opinion, I think he feels responsible for, for bringing Corey Perry in, you know, and this actually happening. And then the Hawks front office uh, with Jamie Faulkner um, and, and, and her group um, there – and, and the Hawks front office, they've done so hard to clean up the image of the team um, and really, uh, you know, uh, promote that safe work environment, which really, again, back in 2010 appeared that did not exist <laughs> why they were winning mm-hmm. cups. Um, so this is just like, man, we're doing so much better. And now this, but again, people kind of have to uh, not look at that and really look at how did the Hawks really respond? And they responded well, and they responded fast. They did an internal investigation, and they acted promptly. So, I mean, and again, like you said, the rumors are, uh, you know, there's nothing we're going to get into on this podcast. They're, they're quite quite frankly appalling. Uh, so they, you know, there's rumors that uh, he may have actually had some inappropriate behavior with uh, another player's family member, you know, which really, <laughs> Davison come out and like, that's 1,000% false. That's mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. You know how the internet is. So, um 
But JT, Corey Perry, he kind of meant a lot to the Blackhawks team. Uh, I was going to you know? say this is he for all. I mean, Corey Perry, he's got he's got a reputation. We knew it when they brought him in. He's he's got a reputation around the league of the type of player he is. And but he had actually been. We had talked about this. I don't think we talked about it on a on an actual episode, but we had just talked about it personally. Was that we thought he was actually bringing a you know, a little some extra uh, to the team, a little toughness, a little more of that veteran grit. And uh, yeah, you hate to see it end like this. Yeah. He was brought in mainly again for some leadership. And, and, and here's the deal. Let, let's not sugarcoat it. This guy is a jerk. Okay. I mean, he always has been. I mean, he was, he was not a player. I actually really, really liked at all. He, when he played for Anaheim for years, he was a thorn in the side and agitator, um, just not a very likable player at all. I don't know much about him off the ice or whatnot, but when he came to Chicago, I'm like, okay, well, he can be my jerk now, you know? And so, uh, and, 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 but also too, not only that leadership, but he was actually brought in too, to protect Connor Bedard. Mm-hmm. He was put on top power play. He actually started the year on the top line. I know it didn't actually last, but he still was power play. Number one, he was there to protect Bedard, make sure actually nothing happened to him or whatnot. So it'd be interesting to see kind of where the Hawks go from here. Because they still need that. You know what I mean? So uh, now, Corey Perry, will he actually land on his feet in the league? I don't know. Maybe not. And does it really make a difference at this point in his career? You know, personally, from a person who actually gambles and actually plays fantasy? No. Makes no difference at all. I'm Mm -hmm. sure Perry would actually like to lace him up, though. All right. Let's move on to our number three segment. A little bit more of a feel-good story. The Winnipeg Jets are pretty freaking good this year. Where did this come from? I mean, they, they this team, you know, has had some expectations over the last couple of years. They've got some talented players on their team. They just haven't seemed to be able to put it together. And, and all of a sudden, looking pretty solid. Going into last night's uh, game against Nashville, they had won five straight and, were, and had won eight of their last ten. Uh, pretty impressive and, uh, for the year. I think, what was that? They lost two... Uh, they had the best of their 12, seven and two, uh, record at, at one point. Yeah. So, uh, super impressive, honestly, JT, how last week and they went to Florida, that's a tough road trip to go down there to Florida to actually play Florida and Tampa Bay. They swept them. That's really, really difficult to do to go down there and actually do that. Um, but Winnipeg actually did it. Um, uh, but they're, I'll, I'll be honest with you right now. We'll talk about some of their specific players, but man, Connor Hellebuck's really getting it done. Um, he's, uh, he, he won both those games on a trip. Now they weren't back-to-back nights, but they, I believe they actually played on a Friday and a Sunday or a Thursday, Saturday. I don't know which one, but nevertheless, he actually won both those games. He's been so steady this year. He's, uh, now he's actually been the goaltender in, in Winnipeg for, for seven or eight years, somewhere under. I pulled these numbers. He's got a career 266 goals against average and a career 916 save percentage. He's so consistent, 248 wins. I went and actually checked these numbers against Vasilevsky. They're very similar, very similar. We all talk about Vasilevsky like, man, he's the standard. And again, yep. he's got cups, right? He's got yeah. cups. He's got two cups. And again, he'll go down as one of the best goaltenders of all time. But statistic-wise and for longevity, you know, Hellebuck's actually done it, man. He's only 30 years old, and he got in the league super early for a goalie, JT. I mean, you know how goalies are. Usually they yeah. take six, seven years to develop. They don't get in the league until maybe they're 26, 27 years old. He came in as a 21-year-old as a full-time starter, man. That's pretty rare, and he's actually had success the entire way. So I don't – JT, 
I'll ask you, like, what are goaltenders can you actually think of that are as good as this guy? I mean, he's pretty good. Oh, going around the league right now, uh, you know, it's definitely not the heyday of goaltending in the NHL. There, there's a lot of teams, you know, they're playing two or three different guys trying to figure out night to night. There's very few teams that have a guy that they're like, this is our guy. And he's like our rock. So, I mean, he, to me, he's right up there in the top. Now, when you really want to think about it, look at his career. What if the jets had been better? Right. For most of his career. I mean, what kind of stats would this guy look like? What, what kind of wins would he have? What, you know, if they, they'd actually put a better team around him this whole time, it's it just, it's real impressive. Uh, he's a guy I've liked for, for a number of years. And, uh, you know, we talked about it when you had him in, you know, big fantasy leagues where you had to win to get yeah. points as a goalie that's where you question it because you're like, hey, the guy's good. He's going to get stops. Is he one of the best, better ones in the league? Yes, but are they going to get enough wins to make it worthwhile? Um, which is just a whole nother thing that we've talked about in the past with goalie scoring in fantasy, and we'll probably bring that up on another podcast at some point too, how to <laughs> yeah. fix that so that the best players uh, actually score you points. But yeah, to me, he's right up there. I think I, I don't think there's any way you can say he's not top five in the league right now. And he's probably top three. He's probably top three um, for the consistency factor. Right. I mean, uh, you got the um, Shesterkin, you got Sorokin over at the Islanders. Um, and also you got Vasilevsky, but he's right in the top five for sure. But let's just, let's just play a, you know, a, a game here and just pretend like what would Edmonton have done to have the cap space to have this guy? Oh, I mean, how many cups would they have maybe won? <laughs> they at least had yeah. one. They would have had a cut by now. I mean, come I on. Mean, yeah, I mean, if you put him on that team, oh my goodness. Well, here's the other thing. What if you put him on a team like the Islanders that play just lockdown defense? That like, I mean, yeah. you put him on a team like that where you know if he he doesn't he's getting like a whole lot less shots in his face every game because his defense is locking it down. I mean, it could be a total difference. So I, I, he's a guy I've liked in the past. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm happy to see the jets. You know, I, I don't have any personal lock on the jets other than the next guy. We're going to talk about Kyle Connor. I've had for years and years in our home league as my keeper, uh, because I just really like him. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like what he's done and I'm actually kind of like, I'm kind of excited to see the jets be good to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they, they've got too much talent on this team to be as, I wouldn't say as bad as they were the last three, four years, but they weren't good. You know, they, they, they were average. They kind of hung around a little bit, but talking about Connor, I mean, he's borderline superstar. All right. So a uh, guy that's got uh, so far, 22 points, 21 games, 14 goals. But we talked about this on about Connor, maybe the last podcast or the podcast before. 21 minutes a game on ice, up a full minute on his career average. And he's shooting over 18, 18%, which right now is a little bit up from his career average. But I'll call these the underlying nerd stats, JT, because I'm not going to start throwing out all these stats that people actually don't understand. All like, is, what are you talking about, Tony? Yeah, yeah. What are you talking they, about? Yeah, they would shut us off. And, and I do that with other podcasts. It starts, you actually start throwing off goals are expected in course. And I'm like, I, just tell me what you see. And the nerds that say that 
he's having his most impactful season of his career. Uh, and really, what a steal this guy has on a contract as well. Two more years left at just over $7 million. I mean, that that's a $10 million a year player. They're getting plenty of value out of this guy. So, uh, But Connor's, man, he's just – if you know anything about Connor, um, uh, the fantasy owners, especially that are new to fantasy, he is streaky. Okay, mm-hmm. real streaky. He scores oh, yeah. goals in bunches. All right, but over the course of a season, the ebbs and flows, but he never gets too low. Just go ahead and just ride him for those two weeks, man. He's hot because, man, when he does, there's nobody better. When he has hot weeks, uh, my home league team looks fantastic. <laughs> like, I've had some monster weeks where he looks real good, and he's uh, he's smoking, and my whole team is putting up points, and then I've got some down weeks. Uh, but but yeah, that's what happens in, in hockey. But man, yeah, he's looked great. Fourteen goals, nine assists, and twenty two uh, twenty two points in twenty one games. Uh, I I'm loving the production <laughs> out of him, and it's it it, it it always is nice when your production matches your team's winning. You know, you're you're producing and your team is winning at the same time. Yeah, and there's there's no uh, it's no magic formula how they're actually having such a good start. Kyle Connors had a great start. That, mm-hmm. that, that's no surprise, right? Connor Hellebuck's actually had a great start. Their best players are actually playing really, really well. Hence, why they were actually 12-5-2. and two. Now, They had two two losses uh, recently, but it's a good team. Uh, they, they have been eh, right on the bottom of the Western Conference uh, to actually make the playoffs. Um, right fringe team. This, this may be probably the year where they're going to do it. I mean, we'll talk about Minnesota here in a bit because Minnesota used to actually be that team that was up, actually up there um, in the central division. And now it made us end up being where Winnipeg is going to go and slide up there and solidify their spot. They look like a team that actually put up a hundred points this year. Who else uh, fancy wise? Are you liking, we always talk about Connor. We just talked about Hellebeck. Who else do you like for Winnipeg this year? Well, there's one player um, that, Really, I think is uh, I wouldn't say surprised everybody, but he's also he's elevated a lot of the play around him as well, and that's Cole Perfetti. Uh, uh, Perfetti was a tenth overall pick in the 2020 entry draft, so he's only 21 years old right now. He's got 16 points in 19 games this year. Now he's a pass first type of guy, JT. Where he he again he's not going to put up an absolute ton of goals for you, and he's been that way all through juniors as well. Had a lot more assists than actually goals. Um, but he's got top power point appointment. He's only rostered about 60% of leagues as well. That's according to fan tracks. And he's on his last year of his ELC contract, the entry level contract. So it'll be interesting to see what Winnipeg decides to do with him. He's not going anywhere. Okay. We, we know that. <laughs> and I think that they actually have some cap space next year. Everybody in his, um, I guess in his pedigree, his age, they're getting that eight for eight. They're getting an eight-year, $8 million deal. I mean, geez, Jordan Cairo can actually get it. Cole Perfetti can, okay? <laughs> you know, yeah, the, the, the list makes goes sense. on and on. I mean, so um, so it's going to be decision time for uh, for Winnipeg. But, I mean, there's no decision whether or not he's going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. But they may end up having to make some tough decisions on actually getting rid of some other players, making a trade here and there to free up some space um, because he's going to be there for a long time. Um, and, and one guy that I actually really, really like, uh, Nikolai Ehlers, Ehlers has benefited from Perfetti. So think about that. Mm-hmm. As soon as Perfetti actually got on that top power play and actually got on the line with Ehlers, 
Igor's actually started to get hot. And Igor's been a guy that's been in the league at least five or six years. And Perfetti's actually only been in the league a few years. He's elevating play around. And this guy, he's he's living up to the bill of actually being a 10th overall pick in a 2020 entry draft. So um, I got a couple shares of him, picked him up. I don't plan on dropping him anytime soon. Yeah, I like what I've seen out of him. He, he just seems like a guy that's been, uh, you know, really, you know, fit the mold there and kind of helped out everybody around him. So staying with Perfetti and staying with Winnipeg, for our gamblers out there, what's a little gaming perspective on this team? Where where, where can we find a little uh, value and in, in some bets uh, looking at Winnipeg going forward? I am done with shots on goal. Okay, JT, shots on goal and prop bets. I'm done with brutal. it. Uh, um, I mean, last night uh, I had a six-legger that all I needed was Jerry McCann um, to actually get a third shot on goal. He had two after the first period. And uh, he, they were down in Chicago the entire game. He even had a five on three and he can't get it. You know, uh, honestly, uh, betting shot props is no different than actually playing Russian roulette, in my opinion. Um, and and uh, there's really, it's, it's a matter of luck. You can play the percentages all you want. But I actually, I, 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 I told everybody a couple of podcasts ago why I hate it so much. You're not watching the game. You're just <laughs> watching the players win shots. You're just wasting yeah. your time. With Perfetti, I know. he doesn't shoot the puck a whole lot. You don't have to worry about that. All right, he's got mm-hmm. 17 points. Again, 17 points and 21 games this year. That's a lot of points for a guy his age. Only five games where he actually did not score a point. So 16 out of 21, he's got a point. And he's got a point in 11 of his last 12. I bet you anything, JT, you could probably get Perfetti still at minus 110 for a point. Close to even money. I mean, and he's a guy that's going to fly under the radar with a lot of gambling yep. uh, apps. Mm-hmm. So... I love Perfetti, man. He's not – you're going to think – you're going to think Shifley. You're going to think Connor. You know, uh, those guys that actually first come to mind. Heck, you're even going to think Niederreiter actually when it comes to shots on goal, but Perfetti's a guy that's going to fly in the radar a little bit. That's where some money can be made with Perfetti. Yeah, I like that. Uh, it, if you want to hear our rant on the shots on goal this year, we have an episode a couple couple uh, episodes ago. Back, go back and find that one where we talk about just the joke of what they're doing with shots on goal in the league this year and how they're taking shots off everywhere. You think you win a bet, and then next thing you know, you look back two periods later, and the guy's lost two shots. It's It's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, my brother's got a shot prop going tonight. Uh, shout out to Gail, how you doing? Um, but um, he he uh, has been texting me all night, like, hey, they took this one away. This guy's got so many shots blocked, nothing on that. I'm like, just don't watch it. Don't watch your phone. Watch the game, or don't watch it at all. Like, nothing's really productive coming of it. You have no control over it. Now, if you have a guy for an assist, or a guy for a power play point, or even actually a guy for goals. You can watch the entire game and enjoy it, but when yep. a guy's actually going for shots, it just ruins everything, in my opinion. So it's, uh, it's the yeah, same. Don't thing. even get me started. I, I'm gonna get on a rant, JT. <laughs> I know. So it's it's like the same thing for me in football when you have a guy like the over catches or over yards, yards. and then the guy gets a catch for like 20 yards, and then it gets called back on a legal, you know, procedure, legal motion. You're like. No, that was it. That was the win. And then you see that happen like three times in a game and you just like want to punch yourself in the face because you're like, you should have hit it so many different times. But if you're not watching the game, you don't realize that that happened. And you just like, oh, you just look at the final box score. And But it's like so frustrating when you're watching the game because you're like, I, I should have hit that like so many times. So 
Uh, I'll get off that rant. Let's you move know, on. You know what I, real quick, JT, you know what I want to do? Yeah. I, I want to go – I thought about this today. I, I want to do a little bit of research and find out are missed shots up or are they the way they've always been? And now we're just paying more attention to him because we're gambling shots on goal, right? So because yeah, I mean that's that's players a missed a net a lot, minus a block shot, right? Because that happens a lot. You have nothing. That you, you don't have any control over a shot getting blocked, but missed shots. And the way I actually lost on McCann last night was McCann actually had a breakaway. Nobody was with actually within fifteen or twenty feet of him, three or four strides. He actually has a breakaway. And airmails went over the top of the goal. I mean, can't even. So our goalies better. I know the pads are. I know the pads are bigger. I know the goals are smaller. That's been in play for a long time now. But are they trying to be so fine with the way they actually shoot the puck because goalies are better, or are shooter or or goal or uh, players just not as good? You know, what I mean, I don't know. I'd like yeah. to do a little bit of research on that. Yeah, it'd be well, interesting to see yeah. kind of what that is. Let's see, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to look up some of those stats. I mean, I saw the stat the other day, you know, go back to match it back to fantasy football. It seems like there's been a million quarterback injuries this year. And I actually saw a stat that said it was like right in line with the last four years where we've had 50 some starters in wow. in the NFL every year for the last four years. And I was like, oh, it looks like there's a million more injuries, but I guess not. There's still a ton of guys starting. So I think while it's happening, it always seems like it's crazier. But that would be interesting because I I definitely think we're hypersensitive to it because all the books have added shots on goal when that wasn't really an option the last couple years until just recently. And so now that it is an option, we're like very like hypersensitive to the shots on goal because that's what we like to bet. (laughs) So I but we're going to have to look that up. We're going to have to do a little uh, little deep dive from the stew uh, to figure that one out. Uh, Let's move on to number four on our list jt miller of the vancouver canucks this guy love the initials jt's got to be a stud having an absolute breakout season the dude 23 games 13 goals 22 assists 46 hits 19 blocks in our home league numero uno he's the top player in our home league in scoring it's He's off to a crazy start. Yeah, with an average draft uh, position of 35 in most fan tracks platforms. I check Yahoo, and it's very similar as well. Man, um, in, again, another guy that kind of flies under the radar. He shouldn't, but you got you got a superstar in, in Elias Pettersson over in Vancouver and Quinn Hughes, a defenseman. He kind of comes in as third guy there, but he shouldn't. He shouldn't. He he does everything. Uh, and we talk about everything. Goals, assists, hits, blocks. <laughs> I always say bangers league dream, but he is, man. He's a bangers league's dream, all right? Yeah. So uh, JT Miller reminds me a lot of Brad Marchand. And maybe not their style of play, but kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Marchand's more of an agitator. JT Miller actually put the body to people as well. But statistic-wise, they're pretty similar they're both late bloomers, all right? So JT Miller actually, right now he's 30 years old. Marshawn's 35. But Miller actually entered the league as a 22-year-old in, in, in 2015, 2016. But he didn't really find his footing and hit his stride until he actually was traded to Vancouver after playing for the Rangers and Tampa Bay. 
the last two seasons with Vancouver, 32 goals, 67 assists for 99 points. 32 goals, 50 assists for 82 points. And those two years, 47 and 60 PIMs, respectively, and a 172 hits and 200 hits, respectively. Hammering people. I, you know, so he's got the statistics like Marshawn, but he, Marshawn doesn't hit as much. Late bloomer, again, on a draft, I mean, you're always going to see like Pedersen in most formats would have went well before Miller. I say well before, at least a round before Miller. Why? You know, and now, yeah. now, now, Miller, is he going to keep this up? I don't, he's shooting a crazy rate right now. So the goal is probably not, but hey, the assists, I don't see that slowing up. I think you'll be Penalty in a minutes? damn near, seven, yeah, 70 assists. Hits. Penalty minutes. Blocks. Hits, blocks. All he's that's going to be there. Up. So he'll probably end up with 35 goals right around where he usually is. Maybe a little bit more. He may reach 40 this year. The assists are actually going to be there, man. He was at 67 last year, or two years ago, 50 last year. He's probably going to knock on the door to 70 this year. I mean, so when a guy that hits as much as he does and blocks as much as he does gets at me and assists, man, that's the gambling play, JT. Anytime it's I was just going to say, let's talk about the gambling perspective on JT Miller here. Me and you have found we try, you know, we try to do some deep diving. We dig where can you find a good bet? Where's something that's something that maybe people don't think about all the time, so it's not bet a lot, so the odds don't get moved a lot. We are starting to jump in power play points. We've loved the power play points. Tell me about JT Miller power play points bets. Uh, it's a, a next to any time assist. It's the best play with JT Miller. Um, so I don't, again, not doing shots, not doing that no more. Okay. So, but power play, points. no shots, 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 no shots. Yeah, shots. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but of his assists, 22 assists, half of them is actually coming to power play and half of his points have actually come on to power play this year. I mean, so we're at that. So think about when he plays teams like Minnesota and San Jose and it, Ottawa, Oh, I I know that Minnesota and San Jose, I think Ottawa is actually maybe in the top 10 worst penalty kills this year as well. You got to be thinking, especially when Vancouver's at home hosting San Jose or actually Minnesota's coming out there, which may only end up having maybe once a year. Uh, but and Ottawa is actually going to come out there as well. Maybe once or twice a season tops. You got to get on the power play point. All right. So that that's the time to do it. Minnesota's well, we'll talk about here in Minnesota here in a second. They're they're god awful on the power play. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the penalty kill. They're real, really yeah. bad. So I'm liking Miller anytime assist. It hit for me last night. Uh, and they're only they got a loss, but it was their only goal. He was actually on it. Secondary assist makes no difference at all. He's in on everything right now. That's a hot player. You're not gonna be able to get him in any trades right now. Nobody's actually gonna give him up unless you actually have McDavid. And maybe if you had dry sidle, because, but I'd other than you, that, nobody's giving sell, them up. I'd say you'd have to sell, I would think, to someone that's a little more of a newbie, and you'd have to sell a bigger name that yes. has a little more name power, staying power, where they're not necessarily looking at the stats and they're saying, oh, I like this big name of this all star guy over JT. But yeah, the chances of getting him for anything is. Yeah. It's pretty rough right now, I would assume. Yeah, if you had David Pasternak, 
uh, for example, let's just say Pasternak out there. Um, I would. Be I could see somebody only in only the bangers. I can see league, move. Yeah, I can right? see somebody. You, I, I can see you giving a Pasternak for for him in a league and someone taking that deal, going down. Pasta's a a much bigger name and a much well much more well known player. But like again, like you said, if you're in a bangers league. That's a that's a solid trade. That's a solid yes. trade to Bangers League and and Pasta's a, a you know a top five pick every year. Yes. So I, you know, we we'll see what you can do. Maybe you can go out there and look around. Maybe you got some teams that have a, a stud on their team that they love, and you got them. Maybe offer them up if they got JT Miller. Maybe you can go get them. It'd be nice. Uh, yeah, and, toast and, 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 and JT real quick. Uh, Vancouver they don't show any really signs of really. Sl- slowing down um you know with quinn hughes uh they Pedersen. finally look like they kind of have it together yeah, i mean after Besser. all these years of us being like why is this team so bad when they have so much talent they, they finally you know we talked about this on previous episodes but man it, it, vancouver finally they, looks like they finally figured something out yeah with demko and goal he's having a really good year but uh a guy that's actually, I say surprising, but actually having a career year with him is Brock Besser. Um, and uh, um, Besser came out in the, in the season opener and actually had four goals. I'm like thinking, man, eh, whatever. I want to say he's up to 13 or 14 goals. Uh, and uh, um, he's got, uh, put it this way, I think they have four players right now that are at 25 points to 23 games played. And that may be the first in NHL history that's happened. Think about that, man. They're 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 tearing it up right now. So yeah, get you some Canucks deep. if you can. Yeah, I like I like Besser. I had him on a couple teams last year. Dealt with some injuries yeah. uh, and, and stuff, but he he's been solid this year. All right, let's uh, time to move on to number five on our list. Coaches getting fired already early in the season. <laughs> Edmonton Oilers had enough. The Minnesota Wild had enough. They are just teams are giving guys the ax early, not even letting them work through part of the, you know, we're not even a quarter away through the season. These guys are already getting yanked. It's a, uh, it's been pretty crazy this early. Uh, but you know, some of these teams have high expectations and when you come out just dead flat, like the Oilers have, I mean, something's got to happen, right? Yeah. Something had to happen and something did happen. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the Oilers first. Uh, uh, their head coach, um, they, they fired their head coach, Jay Woodcroft, um, on November 12th. So they remember that date, November 12th. They were 3-9-1 and one on that date. Since then, the Oilers have gotten 5-3. and three. Like, 5-3, eh, and three. okay, it's not that much better. It is a lot better. All right, we'll get into, we'll get into yeah. some of the, the, the underlying stats here right now to actually tell you why it's a lot better. So uh, they replaced Woodcroft with Chris Knobloch. Chris Knobloch, remember that name. He was a coach um, for Connor McDavid uh, in the OHL for three seasons. And I think Alex DeBrinket, if I remember right, DeBrinket actually played with McDavid on the same team. So um, they, they played together in, in the OHL. And uh, this guy, uh, he was he was a coach. They even brought – hey, JT, they brought in Paul Coffey as an assistant. Oh, I don't legend. know Paul Coffey for a coach, but I got to think – Legend Paul Coffee. Yeah. I mean, that guy is that gonna knows be pretty good? A lot of hockey. I mean, like you said, I don't know if he's a great coach, but man, the dude knows. I mean, he's he's got to just be sweating out knowledge of hockey. I mean, that guy, I mean, he is an absolute legend. 
Yeah, unless he's just like a raging ass or something like that, which he probably isn't. I don't know the guy, whatever. How can that be a bad thing? You know what I mean? So yeah. they bring in an assistant like that. And, and since then, we, we know that Edmonton is going to go. They're very, very top-heavy with McDavid, with Dreisaitl, with Evander Kane, with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, with Zach Hyman. They're very, very top-heavy. They go when their top six go. They're not actually going to rely on a lot of scoring from their bottom six. Okay? McDavid, he looks like more McDavid right now since the change. Since the change, five and three, okay? He's got six goals and 12 assists, 18 points in eight games. That's McDavid, man. He's a machine. That's what we expected all year. He looks like more like himself right now. Evander Kane, he's exploded since the change. Seven goals and eight games played. But I like the fact that JT's got 17 hits in the last two games. He's getting involved. He started to throw his body around a little bit. <laughs> that energy, right, is what they actually needed. That's what they're lacking. I couldn't tell you here why they made the change. I don't know. You weren't actually in the locker room. I don't know either. But nevertheless, the energy level was actually better since they made a change. That five and three is going to go a long way. Edmonton will be fine. Yeah, and you never know if it is it a coaching issue. He's he just not getting through the players. Do the players not like him? Do they just not want to play for him? Or sometimes, sometimes I think it's just one of those things. The coach gets fired, and it gets everybody to like go. Oh, yeah. oh, they're not messing around here, man. They're pissed, and it gets everybody to like, you know, start to get get their act together. Uh, but they've looked like a, a you know, you said five and three, not the greatest record in the world. But they look like a completely different team that started the season. That yeah. looked, I mean, they were the number one disappointment in the league. I mean, not even close. I mean, they were the number one disappointment in the league to start the season. Not only were they losing games, they were losing badly, badly, and they were getting crushed by a ton of teams. Now, McDavid was injured, he didn't look right. But it was it looked ugly in Edmonton. It looked real ugly. And this is a team, you know, everybody knows it. They've got some of the most talented players in the world on their team. If they if they can even get in the mix, they can make a run. They can make a run. They can get in the playoffs. Now, their team you've wanted to actually see in the playoffs the last couple of years because they've just never been able to, to make it work. But I, you never want to see teams with that much talent in the end. You just don't like, you never, you never know when those guys are going to get hot. They're going to catch fire and it's going to get crazy. So, you know, Edmonds, they're the type of team. Like I, if I'm everybody else, I don't want them sneaking into the playoffs. I don't want them being a low seed and getting in. I mean that would scare that would scare me big time. Yeah, it, it, even guys like Hyman's picked it up. JT. I mean, he's got eight goals in his last eight games since the change as well. So what I will say is you're you're spot on, exactly right. Is nobody would prefer to see the Oilers. Uh, I mean, the reason why I went out and actually drafted Stuart Skinner this year as a goalie was not because I think he's a good goalie. It's because I think he he plays for Edmonton and he's going to get wins. <laughs> That's the only yeah. reason I actually drafted Stuart Skinner, you know. But uh, I will say about the Oilers. And again, we talk about those nerd stats. All right, did some actually digging. The nerd stats say that the underlying numbers with the Oilers when they were three nine and one, much of that actually was not due to bad play, but rather just a little bit of bad luck. Um, and, and let's face it. The Oilers are very used to having things go their way. 
And when things weren't going their way, we talked about this in a couple episodes back. Eh, they're going to have to change that, man. Their true colors actually came out. They're mm-hmm. a bunch of wine bags. Uh, and uh, they, they really, really actually need to, you know, show some grit here. Uh, really bounce back. This If it ends up being where they make the playoffs and they didn't make a run, they'll look back at this 3-9-1 start and say, that was the best thing that ever happened to us. Yep. Well, um, and hockey is yeah. a total different sport in that you need some grinders. You really need do. some guys on your team that had to kick, bite, and punch their way to the league. You know, you got to have some of those guys to kind of pull those superstars in and be like, hey, man, it, it's not always easy. Sometimes we got to get out there and do stuff we don't want to do when it's not going right. And I'm not getting a hat trick. You know, because you know the, the best of the best, those guys, everything has gone right for them most of the time since they were, you know, in juniors. I mean, yeah. they've been the guy. So sometimes you have to have those those you know older players. You have to have those veterans who you know they've had to every year fight for a contract, every year fight for a roster spot. You know, and I think it felt like Edmonton didn't really have much of that the last couple of years. And then they couldn't figure out why they weren't ever winning, even though they had the most talent most years. And I think that's some of it is, you know, you gotta, sometimes you have to, you have to lose. Sometimes you have to lose yep. and, and realize you got to figure out a different mentality and you got to win some tough, hard games. You can't win every game six to three. Sometimes you got to grind out a two to one hard fought in your face battle. And I think so. I felt like Edmonton, anytime they got in those games is when they melted because they're like, oh, what do you mean we're not going to score six goals a night? What do you mean we're not going to score seven goals? Like, and then they just were like, if it wasn't easy, it, they just kind of, like you said, they kind of melted. Um, so I I think maybe you're right. I think maybe that that slow start might end up being one of those things they look back at the at the end of the year and we go, was that the thing that actually like, made it click for them was that the thing that said oh you know we can't just you know fly by the seat of our pants and win because we're just super uber talented and teams are just gonna let us beat them because we're so talented that so it's gonna be really interesting to see what this team does the rest of the year yeah they're so talented where they they're used to sleepwalking and Mm that's that's my opinion anyway and when you get to the playoffs and it doesn't work out and you get bounced in the first round, you didn't even realize you were sleepwalking, but you are, <laughs> you know, because that's all you actually know. And uh, you've never faced any like real, real adversity before. Now, a lot of Edmonton fans maybe listen to this, and let's hope somebody, <laughs> the Edmonton fans are listening to this, but they may say, hey, what are you talking about, Toast? We've had lots of adversity. We've actually had so many playoff runs. Or so many playoff uh, just cut short. We haven't had many deep runs at all, you know. But yes, but during the regular season, the majority of th- time things go your way. You you end up your hundred point scoring uh, machine, the Edmonton Oilers, every single year. And I, I I equate this no different JT than teams saying in football, you got to play defense and run the football. You know, come mm-hmm. uh, come playoff time when it's cold weather, and you got that's going to win championships. It's going to keep you in games, but unless you're Patrick Mahomes, right? And you know, players mm-hmm. like that, whatever. But even even those well, even those Patriots teams, even, you know, they, well, they did even that. Make, you know, uh, so 
to even making like an NBA reference. It's like the Warriors when the Warriors were scoring 125 points a game and just yeah. lighting everybody up with threes. You know, you get to the playoffs. Sometimes you got to win a 97, 95 game. Yep. You know, sometimes you got to win a 92, 89 game. You can't always win 140 to 120, you know, 120. Like sometimes you got to like grind out some victories. You got to, you know, buckle down when you're not just scoring at ease. You got to buckle down and figure out how to get, you know, a play when you need it, how to get a defensive stop when you need it the most. And I, and it's not just a hockey thing. It's, you know, happens in every sport. I mean, I think, of, you know, years where the Colts as one of my teams were great, where they're putting up points all day with, Peyton Manning, and then you get in the playoffs, and the bad weather happens, and you got to figure out how the defense has to get a stop. After all year, they've been leading by two scores, three scores all year. It's easy to play defense when you're way up. It's different when it's a, a, a neck and neck game, and you're down seven in the playoffs and the in the snow. So I, I I just think I think every one of these teams, all the great teams, all the great teams go through these bad stretches where they have great regular seasons they have awful failures in the playoffs and then they the great ones figure it out eventually they figure out how to overcome that and win ugly sometimes especially in the playoffs and for me i mean again i have no ties to edmonton i'm an edmonton guy i love the talent i love to see the best of the best win and play great so to me, I would love to see Edmonton make a run in the playoffs. I'd love to see him put it all together um, and, 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 and play at the level that we, you know, we, ex- we think they could get to. So just, just, I love to see the best of the best. And I love to see them actually hit that peak and prove it in the playoffs. I think it would be awesome. Be very good for the league. Toast, before we get to our final segment, uh, I got a couple minutes here left in the show. Let's real qu- quick talk on the other side. Minnesota, the other team, Minnesota Wild, pretty good expectations around them coming into the season. Uh, they've also fired their coach. I mean, we, we didn't even talk about it. the first coach to get fired wasn't until January last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got coaches fired before Thanksgiving. Before Thanksgiving, it's crazy. So, uh, what's happening with the Wild? Man, a five, ten, and four start under head coach Dean Evison got him fired. They bring in John Hines. Uh, started. Uh, he got his first win, and they, they won three to one at home yesterday versus St. Louis at home. And you wonder if that's going to be the same kickstart as what Edmonton's actually experienced. But, you know, let's talk about why the wild have been, I wouldn't say, yeah, they've been bad. They've been bad. Okay. Starts with goaltending. Philip uh, uh, Gustafson, he was kind of the hot commodity fantasy wise to grab um, as a goaltender, like under the radar, so to speak. I think last year he had the highest or the second highest behind Olmark save percentage and expective save percentage as well. I mean, he had a great season last year. And Mark Andre Fleury, we know what kind of goalie Fleury's actually been in the past. I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, first ballot, no doubt about it. They've been awful this year. Uh, they got a combined 882 save percentage and a 358 goals against average. 
I don't care who you are. I don't care how many goals you're scoring. With those goalie numbers, you're not winning. Now, I don't think the defense, and again, the nerd numbers, the defense isn't helping them out the way they were helping them out last year. They're just below expected save percentage. Okay, what 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 expected of them as far as the numbers say. They're just below it. Which is, again, the majority of goalies are probably just below. Mm-hmm. But their star, Kaprizov, he has, I mean, he's close to a point per game, but he's only got six goals. This is a guy, he scores 45 to 50 goals a season. Six. Well, and then add to him, Boldy has not been the guy that we've seen in the past. I mean, I know me and you were scooping him up in other leagues in the last couple of years, underrated. He has not been the same player this year whatsoever. No, no, not at all. I mean, again, as you said, injuries have played a, a mark, a, a played a part in that. Um, and he's a young guy. Do we expect too much of him? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, he again, he proved himself last year. I want to guess he had like thirty-one goals, like thirty-five assists last year, something like that. You know, he was yeah, like he a, was around seventy points. He was a 30 30 guy. We were picking him up everywhere as like a cheap, you know, people weren't onto him yet. They hadn't really, you know, realized how good he was. We were trying to get him all over the place. Yeah. I mean, so they've now, I will say, JT, they've had the fourth hardest schedule in the league. Um, They're dead last in penalty penalty kill, 68%, dead last in the league. And they're only converting on 16% of their power play points. And they are like, that's how you lose games. Yeah, That's and they're how like you lose in, games. Yeah, they're like fifth in power play, power play chances. So that's just a recipe. All of that for not being that great. I expect Minnesota to be much better in their five, ten, and four. But here's the deal: they may have dug themselves in a hole they can't get out of. And how uh, how do you improve the defense overnight to give your goaltenders who haven't actually been good themselves a little bit of help? That should be able to stay in games. I I, I don't know. So I kind of see this hiring of the new coach. I just kind of see it as a reset. Let's reset. I wouldn't say a desperation move. They had to do something, though. Okay? And I'm not smart enough in hockey and know the new coach, John Hines, well enough to say, well, Hines does this and he does that. It's going to be great. I I don't know. I don't know that. The majority of fans don't know We're going to have to wait and see and see what (laughs) happens. Yeah. I mean, but um, they're 27th in the league in goal scored, and they've given up the seven most. Uh, so I think that's a minus 19, if 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 I remember right, it's 19 or 20. Of course, they're going to be five, 10, and four with a minus 19 or 20, right? They're not going to be any good at all. But this team with Kaprizov, with Zuccarello, even with Hartman, who got suspended, I believe, and Boldy, too much talent, too much talent, man. They they shouldn't be this bad. Um, and Kaprizov should have at least 10, 11 goals instead of six. So, uh, um, owners out there, they got Kaprizov. Be patient. I'm one of them. Hang on to them. Yeah, don't, don't be like, cheap. Yeah, don't be like, hey, like, I'm going to, somebody's like, I'm going to give you Sam Reinhardt for Kaprizov. Sam Reinhardt was shooting close to 30% on the season with 15 goals. Don't do that. Don't do that. All right. So just sit tight. On the other Better side, ahead. toast. If you have Sam Reinhardt, don't. Maybe offer him up for Kaprizov if you can. If you get somebody that will uh, just look at the stats, if somebody's a stat uh, stat guy and they just look at the stats, maybe you get a steal there. I don't I know. In a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. 
toast. It is time for our toast takes final face off of the evening to close out the show. You know, we've been off for a couple weeks, kind of, you know, jump in here, throw, uh, throw your two cents in on some players. You like guys have been playing well, uh, fantasy wise. Some guys you maybe are looking forward to put some bets on, uh, moving forward. Kind of give me, give me your final thoughts here. Well, final thoughts will be JT is, uh, I'm going to be playing assists. I like those right now. Those are actually working well. I'm going to parlay them. So, uh, uh, for example, last night at Kucherov, um, did, um, a JT Miller and the third player, uh, McDavid, of course. I mean, he's had four assists, four assists, two assists. Might as well. But those three together, it was like easy money. All right. Go ahead and do that. Uh, uh, get on the assists. Uh, screw screw the uh, the shots on goal. We know that. But th- the last two weeks, there's a few players that may be available on your uh, waiver wires. Or, hey, hit them up for trade. McKenzie Weger, Calgary. Calgary has nothing going for him. Nothing. Nothing at all. Bad team. Big disappointment. A train wreck. If you actually saw a dumpster fire actually happening, no pun intended with the Flames, that's Calgary. All right? But McKenzie Weger... Has oh, that should be good, their new man. team logo. Yeah, the dumpster right. fires their new team logo with this a C on the right side here. of the on the side of the trash can. I kind of like that. Uh, but pick up <laughs> Uyghur. Try to trade for Uyghur. He's about the only good thing actually going for that team right now. Uh, Valerie Nasushkin for Colorado, man. Um, so when oh, toast I, before he, you get into your yes. big talk on him, I there was some there was a great shot prop on him the other day. He had been over three shots in like seven or eight straight games. And he was at two and a half. He was like minus like 170, 180 on like DraftKings at FanDuel. But I saw a guy that I follow on uh, on X and he was like, if you got a bet Rivers account, he's at minus 120 at two and a half shots. And I was like, oh, That's I was like, insane. I love that jumped all over it was super pumped about it guess what happened <laughs> he got a shot taken away about i don't know two periods later a big the- zero he oh ends up his first game all season where he doesn't at least get one shot on goal i was like <laughs> this is the shot props coming back to bite me i can't remember the last time we have met more guys that got zeros in game, like legit zero shots on goal. When we put bets on him, I was like, and it it was just like, and of course, every time we do that, it's anomaly. It's like the one time it happened. Well, in like a three or four week span, it's crazy. It it better be because you wouldn't be betting him in the first place. You know, if there was any chance he put up a zero. So yeah, it's definitely an anomaly for sure. Uh, But uh, uh, ever since Lekanen's actually been hurt, the Shushkin's really taken the next step. So it, it kind of begs the question, like, why wasn't he up on top power play one you know, before? I mean, he's this good. Um, and so I love Nasushkin out in Colorado. Another guy, Brandon Hagel. I've been huge on Hagel. Ex-Blackhawk. Got actually traded to Tampa Bay. Uh, but his deployment uh, with actually playing on the top line there with Point and Kucherov. Um, they've shuffled a little bit. But Hagel... Again, another hidden gem. Uh, another. He's been uh, really solid. And a guy yeah. that most people don't think about. They, they don't, don't think about with all the no. power on Tampa Bay. They're like, oh, what is he like their fifth or sixth guy? But he's been really solid. I've been impressed with him this year. 
Yep, he's going to be a 35-35 guy, you know, so you're going to have 70 points. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. Really, really good. Young player still. I believe he's 25, 26 years old. Um, and then a couple other names. Uh, Boone Jenner for, Santa, or for the Columbus Blue Jackets has really been playing well of late. Um, Columbus, they I'm just getting him because his name's Boone. I, it, literally, it, I'm just training right. purposes because his name's Boone. That's awesome. The issues they've actually had with Line A and actually with uh, Johnny Gaudreau as well. Jenner's really been the the one guy who's been the the constant there, the mainstay that's really been pretty consistent. And then Pavel Buchnevich and the entire St. Louis team, they've also picked it up a weight as well. And Buchnevich is a guy that may have been drafted fairly high in a lot of leagues. I would say maybe ADP of probably 70, 80, somewhere around there, I'm guessing. But nevertheless, has been underperforming. He's starting to actually pick it up. So uh, those could be a couple guys, but... JT, I look forward to getting into a normal groove here to where we're talking maybe more players instead of uh, uh, and, and less teams and less news, so to speak, and maybe diving in a little bit deeper. And uh, I'm pretty excited what we're going to bring in the listeners here in the next two to three weeks. Yeah, now we're kind of getting the season. We're kind of getting a better feel about who's playing well, who's not, kind of the trends on some of these players for fantasy and for, for gambling purposes. Uh, you know, so that's always important. One thing, JT, I want to yep, mention jump here. in real quick. Yeah, real quick. Tonight, uh, it, it, we're recording right now. Uh, it is Wednesday night, 9.16 p.m. Central Standard Time. I think that the uh, Capitals and Kings game starts at 9.30 I like Trevor Moore for a point. So just, hey, jump get on, on it. it. Jump on get it. On Trevor it Moore's actually been very, very good for points. It's been goals and assists as well. Uh, Capitals uh, going on the road to the Kings. The Kings are really, really good. Trevor Moore for points to play tonight. Make sure you jump on. Give us a like and a follow on our new host, Fantasy Sports Heroics. Jump on, subscribe to them, all kinds of content, fantasy, everything across the board. But make sure you also jump on to the Stew with JT Brew. Check out our channel. Um, we'll If you watch this or want to go back and listen to any old shows, you can always check them out on YouTube, but you also can get them on podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, all those different things, Apple Pod. So just search up Stu with JT Brew, hit subscribe and like, leave us a comment if there's something you want to hear about or something you want to talk us about, uh, talk to us about. Follow Toast on to- at Toast Clark on the X. Follow me at JT Orange on the X. We put out our Toast Takes gambling plays every day. Take a look at those. We post them all the time. We love to parlay. We are parlay kings. We love to put them all together and get huge odds. But sometimes jump in there and just take your favorite one. Bet one of them. Maybe put two of them together. Instead of doing the six-pick parlay, do a two-pick parlay or one. But uh, like Toast said, we've been hot lately on those. We went five or six the other night. We went 11 or 12 in the last couple days. So we've been hitting on a lot of those, uh, been in the mix. So we're going to keep pumping out that all year. We'll be sending those. So check out that on the X. Check us out every Wednesday night. We're usually on either 8 or 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, usually Central 8 or 9 Eastern Time, 9 or 10. So make sure to check us out here on our new home. We appreciate you joining us. It's time uh, our time's up tonight, Toast. It's been a great show. Thanks for hanging out. We will check you guys next time. You've been in the stew with JT Brew. Check you next time.